0: Hey friends, welcome to The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode seven of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Today I'm talking with my friend, author and speaker, Ginger Simonello. Ginger is the mom of two adorable girls, a second grader and a preschooler. I'm so grateful to be friends with Ginger and have her on the podcast today to share with us. Welcome, Ginger. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Today, I would love for us to talk about a message that I heard you give at a MOPs meeting earlier this year. It feels like a lot longer. (laughs) I think it was January and it just, with this crazy year, it feels like it was a lot longer ago than that. But you talked about the importance of remembering about the faithfulness of God. And I think that message is so timely for us right now and really important for us to remember.
1: So would you give us some highlights from that talk you gave? Sure. I was just thinking about remembering today and why it matters so much in the midst of the way life feels right now, when it feels hard to remember life in January, when it feels hard to remember what we did before months of quarantine. We just got a photo album in the mail today that I had printed for my kids and they pulled it out and it was all, it was October through right the day before quarantine started. And they pulled it out and there was just such delight on their face, remembering those things and those times. And they go, Hey, we used to do that. And it totally lifted the mood of my house for the next couple of minutes. And it was just encouraging to watch what a really simple thing, like remembering can do for our countenance and our spirits. And I think God designed us that way. We see it from the beginning of scripture that when God calls his people, the Israelites to himself, one of the first things he repeats to them over and over again is for them to remember because it will be so easy for them to forget. Mm -hmm. And that same principle is given to us over and over again, remember, or you'll forget who you are, and what you've been called to who god is in the midst of our story and when i was talking at mops i'm so glad i get to talk about this because i loved writing this talk this Mm -hmm. outline and then i only got to do it like two or three times and so when you asked about about this i was like yes yes um I remember talking about my Donora and how early in the morning getting ready for school, she is usually a fairly on task person, but something happens between like wake up and school. And she, as a six-year-old just seemed to totally forget that we had school, you know, she'd sit down to eat her yogurt or her oatmeal and like 25 minutes in, we'd start having to throw her reminders like, babe you got school today. We've got somewhere to go. You are a student. You've got to get dressed. You have to brush your teeth. You have to pack your backpack, all of these things, mm-hmm. because it just felt like she lost her purpose. She lost her memento. And so we we just started going, setting out a little timer for her every day so that she could watch that time click down so she wouldn't forget, hey, there's somewhere we have to go because there's someone you are called to be today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's So important for us as well in the day in and day out, you know, I can look at my life and go, I want to be a Christ follower, someone who is pointing my kids and other people to the, to the gospel. I want to be someone who is constantly engaged in the kingdom of God and the things that God is doing for eternity. And then I open up Instagram or in the morning I pull up my news app and suddenly (laughs) I feel overwhelmed. I feel yes. depressed, I feel unworthy, I feel that bug of comparison or envy, I feel despairing, and it's so easy to forget who is really in control and what I have been called to do, and the fact that God is on his throne, that he right. is He is the one who is calling me shots, that this is not plan B, and because of that, I can be secure in my day-to-day walking out of the gospel.
0: Yes, that's so important. You're right, because it can just be a second, you know, something we glance at, something someone texts us, you know, did you see this news article or whatever it is that can totally yeah. just derail us from who we are and what, what we should be focusing on. Right. I remember writing, oh, go ahead. no. I was just going to say, I remember from your talk, writing down just a statement that you said that really stood out to me. And you said that forgetfulness is the greatest enemy of our faith. I thought that was such an impactful statement. And like you said, when we forget who we are, we really just get off track and yeah, forget what's really important and what really
1: matters yeah i think forgetting is disorienting you know if i can't remember you, you've been there you're walking through your house and suddenly you go what am i doing in this room you know like why did i come in here that happens to me more and more Oh, i all go the like time. what am i doing why am i and it's frustrating right because suddenly i had purpose and it's just gone and i just go well i guess i'll go back to what i was doing because right. i've lost that drive that was pushing me forward in what i'm doing and we are living in unprecedented times that that I just think feel so disorienting. Everything that we know has shifted and changed life prior to COVID-19 to where we are right now. And... Unless I am orienting myself on that true north of who God is and what what He has claimed in His word, the promises that He has for me, unless I'm going back to this pathway, this path of life, this lamp to my feet, to the story that God is telling, then I will forget and I will easily be left in despair. I think when I don't turn to what true hope is, then I'm left in a hopeless place.
0: Oh, that's so, so true. True. I I've done so many times what you said, like going into the room and I'm like, I'm sensing that I was supposed to be here for a reason. So I totally identify with that. And then there's just so many interruptions in our day too, that it's like, Oh, I forgot. (laughs) In this was it,
1: that it, one thing I was going to get done today and I didn't get it done. Right. Right. And I think it's also encouraging if I am able to go through my day, especially as a mom of young kids and be like, oh, that one thing that really matters is kids to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, Whatever I had missed at the end of the day, if I am walking out, what it looks to be someone who is quick to say, "I'm sorry for my sin" to them, Mm -hmm. boy, that is what this time has been practicing that right, humbling myself in the face of my toddler and saying, "You're, I should not have spoken like that. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry," Um, and be easy to get really discouraged about how often I mess up in that, but my has been pointing to me to remembering mm-hmm. that this is how God is going to show them what repentance looks like, what confession looks like. It's the practice of this, remembering, oh yes, when I mess up, I, I want to say that I'm sorry and I want to show my kids what it looks like to walk in God's forgiveness.
0: So, so good. I've talked about too in, you know, ministry and family is ministry that of course, God, you know, would give us opportunities to live out those things like forgiveness and repentance and apologizing in a family setting, whether that's church family or your family that lives in your house with you. Yeah. In your Mops talk, you also talked about false stories and how the false stories put us into bondage. Would you elaborate on that and just talk about how we get our stories mixed up sometimes? And I love that word you just used a few minutes ago, disorienting, because mm. it, it kind of reminds me of like, if you've ever gotten up and you're just like lightheaded and you're like, also, you know, like, I know I'm supposed to be on balance and, and, and I'm not like something's just not right. So I love that, that
1: you use that word. But will you talk about that false stories? Yeah, and about- I think I even had a concept of this, of the idea that I was living in any sort of uh, false story until I engaged in Christian counseling for the first time about 10 um, years ago. And, um, you know, I was telling these stories about my childhood and what I perceived from them and how I, you know, the way that I saw the events that happened. And, My therapist really challenged me to take a step back and go, well, before we, before you criticize, you know, fourth grade ginger or Mm. eighth grade ginger, can we just take a step and just be sad for her Mm. to let her feel those things? Um, Because it's so easy for us as children, I think, especially to have the world happen around us and interpret the story really in a narcissistic kind of a way. And that everything happens because of us that we right. really have more control than we actually do. You know, if I don't have a boyfriend. It's because of the way my body, my personality, you know, or if say I'm in a place in my parent fighting, well, I did the thing causing right. the breakage. Right. Um, and I think as kids, we construct stories or narratives that make sense of our environment, right? This explain ex- big old ideas with little kid words and, mm-hmm. oh, I've seen this movie. So that's what must have happened in my life and my mm-hmm. story. And then we use those stories and they shape how we live and how to live and, and what it looks like to seek love or to be loved. And those interpretations shape the stories we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. even into adulthood. And, um, I can't tell you the number of times where I have, you know, said something to my spouse where I've been like, well, it is your job to get the trash cans, Mm -hmm. right? That's your job. You do trash. And I, he was like, we've never had that conversation. And I just like, he was like, why do you think that? And I was like, Cause my dad always did the trash, you know? We have had that same exact (laughs) argument. You just perceive the world a certain way and you just assume, well, that's how it is for everyone in every way. And that's the way it must be. And I think to be able to stop and to examine the the things that we've been telling ourselves and to set them next to scripture, to set Mm -hmm. those things next to God's word and say, is this really truthful? Is this what God says of me? Is this what God says about my story? Um, what does the truth of the gospel that Jesus came to redeem mm-hmm. me from sin and shame and death, not because of anything that I've done, but because of his great, God's great love for me, that he would die on a cross for me, for my sin, so that I might be raised again to new life. What does that truth come to bear? How does that truth come to bear on my daily struggle with the way I see my body, the way I see my personality, the way I parent my kids? I can't tell you how many times I have turned to close friends and just said, you know, this was a dumpster trash mom parenting day. Like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like I blew it. And I'm so thankful to have women in my life who look at me and say, don't say that. That is not true. Even on our darkest days, God does not love you any less. And he will use your mess ups, your failures, even your sin for his glory in the end. So would you let yourself be humbled in the moment and come to your kids and repent and then see the story the way that he sees the story? Now that's easier said than done, right? I'm currently going through EMDR therapy Um, just to walk through some of the stories that I've, some of the lies, that's the best Mm -hmm. way to say it, that I've been believing for far too many years. And to just basically take each of those moments uh, or false beliefs and to hold it up and say, what does the gospel say about this? And it's been lengthy, hard work, but I'm so thankful for it.
0: I love that. I have had similar story of, you know, going to counseling and realizing why I am a perfectionist and why I have those tendencies to want to control and to, you know, make things safe and secure and all of these things. And it took going back to go forward in a healthy way to analyzing, okay, just what you've said that, that as a 10 year old or as a 12 year old, things that happened and me thinking it was my fault or me thinking that I had to perform or to please people. So then I was the super achiever so that people would be proud of me or, you know, things like that, that I just adopted this narrative. And like you said, when we hold it up against the gospel and what God says about who we are and that we're loved no matter what we do and that we don't have to please men. We can, we are supposed to please God. Just all of those things that when you hold it up, it's, it's amazing just the contrast. But I think we don't realize so many of these things until, or at least I didn't, until I became a mom, it took that experience to help me realize, oh, why do I do these things? how is this, how has this impacted my whole life and how is it impacting me as a mom? It was just such a crucial part of me learning to let go a little bit of the perfectionism and learning to, like you say, walk in truth and, and look back at my childhood self and also just what you said, like grieve the losses or the feelings that I had at those ages. And then to also realize, like, of course, so many of those things that I thought were my fault then are not, are not my fault. And when my counselor gave me some really good advice to like go in to my kid's school or like the nursery at church or, you know, the kids' classes and look at kids who were my age when, you know, some of these pivotal things happened to me. And just think about like, does that child have as much control as you thought you had at that time? Like, no, of course not. So that was really, really helpful for me too. That's
1: a really good idea. I think that idea of going back so that we are more prepared going forward, you know, it could be tempting to go, oh, it's not, it's not worth remembering. We don't want to remember those broken parts of our past, but really, Remembering is not just about that, that looking back either for nostalgia or for some kind of, you know, like pain, you know, wa- let's just walk through the pain, but really it's to prepare and equip us and encourage us for the future. Because as you said, we can't take steps forward in our growth as moms, as women, mm-hmm. as believers, if we are still holding on to those lies that we were mm-hmm. fed and we bought into as young adults. Or t- t- thirty-five year old, right? Whatever, <laughs> right? Whatever age, yeah.
0: And you talked about you know that word bondage, and I I read Beth Moore's book Breaking Free, and in there she talks about be- being in bondage and about how for her she was a prisoner unaware, is what she said. Like that's the worst kind of prisoner you can be is unaware, and that that totally resonated with me because I was completely unaware of how the way I was living was a form of bondage, but you know, th- through doing the hard work. And like you said, it's not necessarily fun to, to go back and to dig up things that have happened in the past, but it's so helpful and it helps us to live out. Galatians, is it five one or six one that just says that, um, oh, of course I'm not gonna remember it off the top of my head, but it just talks about how we were meant to live in freedom. That it is for freedom, that Christ has set us free. Let us not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And, and that has been a really important verse for me. Mm -hmm. Amen. So what are some practical ways, you know, we've talked about why it's important for us to remember, but what are some everyday things that we can do to help us remember? what God has done, whether that is how he's brought us through hard times or just those really awesome moments where we felt his presence and just felt like such good moments with him. How how are some ways we can do that?
1: Well, um, I will just share a few that we utilize, that I utilize in my life or my family's life that I've really found to be helpful. Number one being just reading the true story of God regularly. So that's, Myself, my husband, just being in God's word, reading it to know God and his story more, not to find out about me, but to find out Mm -hmm. about him and the story that he's telling. And then secondly, I feel like God has given us such a gift in having children to raise in that by just having a basic children's Bible and making it a priority that we read to each of my kids before they go to bed Mm -hmm. every single night we read out of God's word. That's like, if we don't read anything else, we will always read one, one page, one chapter, one story. That's awesome. And we're walking it through it over and over again. We just finished my four-year-old's children's Bible for like the eighth time <laughs> since Christmas, you know, like we're just yeah. tracking it. And she knows, you know, when I turn to the beginning, what's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. When I say, who's, who's Sarah and Abraham's son. She knows his name is going to be Isaac Mm -hmm. because we're telling that story. And we're also letting the church calendar kind of direct that too. So when we come to Advent, we do, um, the Jesse tree. If you, you, you can Google that and, find all about the dusty tree there's so many great resources that basically just walk from the beginning of creation up to when Jesus is born and show how all the stories have been pointing to the advent of Jesus since the beginning of time or utilizing lent the weeks coming to mm-hmm. Easter we did the resurrection eggs you know and we just tell the story so that my kids go oh yeah egg number five is this they just remember and in mm-hmm. them remembering it helps me to remember or we, you know, we listen to albums that are just straight, straight scripture, or we as a family work usually through the summer to last year, st- the last two summers, we had a theme of the fruit of the spirit. So each week we were learning a fruit of the spirit, talking about it this summer, it's the 10 Commandments. So every week been through a different commandment. It was challenging talking about do not commit adultery tough world. We summarize it as love, (laughs) love the one you're married to. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) I made like a little rhyme, but just telling the true story of God over and over not only helps them to remember, but it helps me to remember. Mm. They are the ones that sometimes point me back to the truth of God's word to say, remember when we read this, remember when we did this, um, Then secondly, I think just keeping a record somehow, I know not everyone writes everything down. Mm -hmm. I have, I don't know, maybe 40 journals, 50 journals since 1996, and I would not recommend anyone else read them. But- (laughs) I have answers to prayer all the way through them. And it's pretty amazing to watch God's hand in my story, especially when I get to the points in my story, when I go, God, what are you doing? This is horrible. I don't want this. I don't choose this. I don't understand this. And then to turn, you know, (laughs) <laughs> three months later and go, God, you are so good. I can't yes, believe you, answer me. you brought this into my life and I wasn't expecting it. And this is perfect. And you have given me more than I could ask or imagine. And I thought it was all heartbreak and loss and pain and grief. And just to watch what God has done. And that helps me to, to be able to trust into him leaning into the future because I've seen him be faithful. Mm-hmm. I've seen him be faithful in the Old Testament, in the New Testament to his people as he called the people to himself and was all about bringing a rescuer. Now I've watched him do it in my life mm-hmm. as he called me from a, a kid who was working so hard to please everyone and so hard to please him to come to a place where I can say, I am confident in God's love for me. That is not something I question anymore. Mm -hmm. I know it from the core of who I am, Mm -hmm. but it has taken time of going, watch what he has done, Ginger. And then my husband and I, we try once a year to kind of go back and reflect on our past year and just kind of write down all the places that we've watched God step in and show up and do the things that we go. We would not have chosen that. We could not have made that happen, but God did. Mm -hmm. And then try to get an object that helps us to remember that thing. Kind of in the way in the Old Testament, whenever God shows up and people build like a little altar with mm-hmm. rocks, stones, and, you know, yeah. Abraham does that. He sets up stones. Or when the Israelite cross the Jordan River, mm-hmm. they set up, they go, why are we supposed to do this? And because when your kids say, "Say, what are the stones? You're supposed to say, well, this is what God did. Right. And so we have this little shelf in our house. We called it the remembering shelf. It's a very technical name. (laughs) And we put up these little objects that start even with, it's a little e-harmony trinket we got because my husband and I were matched randomly on e-harmony and we (laughs) never would have met in a million years. Mm. And yet we watched God pluck two people from Mm. across the city who have such different stories and put us together. And so my kids from time to time will say, go pick something from the shelf and they'll bring the object to the table. And then we talk about it, and we oh, say, "I love that." This is what God did. Your mommy and daddy would not have met each other. We are so different. Our stories are so different. We lived an hour apart, and yet God saw fit to bring mm. us together. Mm. Both of us thought being on online dating was kind of a joke, <laughs> and yet that's what God. We look at each other Better all the time. Use, yeah. We go, "I cannot believe we are together." <laughs> And it is so good. God is so faithful and so good. So we we read the true story, we keep a record, and we send those reminders. Um, I really feel like those are the the biggest things. And then God I think so often allows us to then use those to encourage others as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think it's so important to do to have some sort of practice. Like you said, not everyone's a journaler or those kind of things, but we do forget sometimes the things that God has done. And, and I think we can trust him even more. Like you said, when we have that record to go back and it could even be like, you know, we don't have to write these elaborate journals, but it can yeah. just be bullets where yeah. we saw God show up. Or I've also heard people will do like a jar and they'll put throughout the year, little pieces of paper where God blessed them or where they saw God at work. And it's just so important to have that to look back and remember, it's so funny. We're so similar. I have all my journals like from college. And I remember, you know, writing things in them like, God, I am so lonely. Like, please bring me friends. And then, like, just like you said, a few months later, God brought me friends. Thank you, God. You know, and I can turn to the entry. Thank you, God, for, for my friends. And just so many things like that that are so important. And that has really helped me and been an encouragement to me during this pandemic that we're in. You know, there's been just so many days of like, God, what are you doing? And Are we going to be okay? My husband switched, as you know, his job in end of January, early February to becoming a real estate agent. And so we went from steady income to, you know, commission real estate job. And I really got scared at the beginning. But then I remembered how God has taken care of us throughout our 16 years of marriage. And it just really helped me to not worry and to just remember that God has always provided and he will continue to provide in the future. Amen. So how can we maybe we have a friend who's struggling to remember the Lord's faithfulness or even ourselves? Like you, you mentioned just such great things. Are there any other thoughts you have on how can we keep remembering from
1: here on out? I think a practical would be that I had a friend. In the midst of all of this, who messaged me probably a month ago, just saying, Look, I'm done. My faith feels dried up. I feel tired. I feel sad. I feel like I can't go on parent. I feel like my marriage is struggling. I need someone to help me remember how God has been good to me. And so I'm asking you to do that. And, um, you know i could have i could have easily looked back in my memory and gone hey this hey this i've mm-hmm. seen god do this you remember when we were worried about your baby and then you went to the hospital and everything was okay and we mm-hmm. praised god because of that you remember when you were worried about moving your kid from one school to another and then it ended up being the perfect fit but i was able to go back to my prayer journals to the answered prayers and to text her specific days with mm-hmm. specific aims of, do you remember that on February 7th, 2014, God did this, Mm. that on March 8th, 2017, God did this, and I was able to do that multiple times throughout the day, and it was an encouragement to my heart, even if it wasn't to her heart, you know, just to be able to say, gosh, if you're working this out in her life, and I know you're doing it in my life, your hands are everywhere. The goodness of the Lord is all around us and it is so good for us to remind each other so that the next time you're looking at me Andrea going you know this feels really hard and I'm worried about will and he's wanting to do this next job step that we're able to go we've seen God do this before right Right. we can trust him right That God is in control and we are not and we can trust him and that at the end of the day what he longs for us as mature believers is that we would be more dependent on him Mm. more than anything else and that he is calling us to that. I think being able to share that and then you and I have seen, even in our friendship, just sharing reflections as we're going through scripture to say, this is what God showed me in his word as I was reading it and I want to send it to you so that you can be encouraged by it. Would you share with Mm. me what you're learning? Um, Because it's, it's actively remembering together what God has given us in his word.
0: I love that. And I think adding to to all of that is it's super important to have someone that is praying for you and that you're praying with. And you and I have been part of a little prayer trio for, this is our, going on our second year. This will be like
1: third year this fall.
0: Yeah. And it has just been so encouraging to pray together. And now during this time we're praying on Marco Polo and Voxer and things like that. So we're, we're making it work, but it's just been having, yeah, that record of, oh, remember we prayed for this, or to just know that in a moment of struggle, when we're having a hard time with anything, kids, husband, you know, ministry, school with our kids, whatever that looks like, that we can reach out and say, will you pray for me? And then we have that record in the future because life is going to continue. We don't know, you know what, what is going to happen, but I'm confident that God is in control and that he is still going to give us life to live. And, um, you know, when, until he decides differently, we, we are going to keep on living. And so it's important to have people in your life who will encourage you and pray for you and help you to remember when, when you,
1: forget. yeah, I think this, that we're running. I was talking to someone who said, you know, it feels like I signed up for a 5k and then found myself in the middle of the marathon. Oh, that, that is and a real statement. <laughs> I feel a little unprepared for it, but you know, if I was going to be marathon and train well, at the very least, I would want someone who I know well to be running with me mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that I know uh, you know like okay my eyes are on the goal I'm heading toward the finish line I know what God is calling me to like that is my goal my aim I want to run this well but man the next thing I want to do is put two people next to me are going to help me keep pace and stay encouraged and say we can do this even if we have to walk for a while mm-hmm. that's okay we're going to keep moving forward I think that's what the book of Hebrews is talking about huge hall of faith look at all these people who did this and some murdered some of them were cut in half and yet continued to persevere some slew giants some took armies and some were were killed and yet they were longing for what you get in the promise of jesus so persevere keep running Mm -hmm. keep your eyes fixed on that goal on what jesus has done for us. Don't give up meeting together. Stay mm. encouraged. Keep pursuing that goal together. Keep helping each other. Remember, we have to remember to remember. We cannot just say, gosh, I really hope that tomorrow I remember who I am in Christ. Mm. And I hope that I remember what I am called to. I need friends like you who, who ask me, how are you doing? What's God teaching you? What feels hard right now? I need my, counselor. I need my mentor. I need my spouse. I need my kids. I, I blew up at my kids in the pool last week. I was trying really hard. They wanted me to play mermaids again. I'll be honest. I didn't feel like playing mermaids again. And so I was kind of being a whiny baby about it. And I just was like, I don't want to. And they were like, please. And I said, okay, fine. I'll regroup. I'll play mermaids. I said, let's all put our hands in the middle We'll put our hands on three, and we'll say, "Go, mermaids." Well, by this time, my four-year-old none of it because I had not done what she wanted me to. Do. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't put her hand on the pile, oh. and so I, my hand <laughs> on the water, I start slapping water everywhere, going, "Just put your hand yo!" And she like starts crying, she got wet. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna put myself in timeout. So I step to the outside of the pool and I'm crying, praying. I'm going, Lord, Mm. you are not sanctifying me fast enough. Mm. I cannot do this. I've been with my kids for 145 days and I can't play mermaids one more time. And my daughter, Lucia, she calls me out of the water. She goes, mommy, you can get out of timeout now. (laughs) And I came back in the water. I said, okay, buddy what can we do about our anger next time? You and I both have different issues with anger. And she goes, well, mom, next time, what I think you should do is put your hand on your heart. And I think you should take three breaths. And I think you should say, help me, Jesus. Oh, that is precious. And I just had to stop. I couldn't do anything else. I was like, you're you're right. You're right. She's helping me to remember. Mm I told my husband that story because I, all the time I'm like, I feel like I'm failing so much at this. He goes, tell yourself that story, yes. remind yourself that she heard it and that she remembers. And even if you don't, she's going to remember
0: for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. And, and often those reminders to remember, yeah, will come in the most unexpected of ways and also in ways that yeah, just surprise us through our kids, the things that our kids say or the things that they perceive or notice is just amazing sometimes. Yeah. I just wanted to add, as we're talking about, you know, having someone to encourage us and having our prayer group and all those things, I know that there are seasons where, you know, women don't have that or just, sometimes even if you have been in a, you know, if you move or even if you have been in the same place for a long time, sometimes it's hard to find those people. So what advice would you give for how do you find those people? How do you cultivate helping, having someone to help you remember?
1: I think it starts with being the person that asks. I think a lot of times we want to be pursued in friendship and relationship, right? We can get to that point where we're like, I'm so tired of being the one that invites other people, places. I just want that to be reciprocated. Mm -hmm. But if you think about every relationship, it has to start somewhere. And so one, it's praying and asking God, saying, God, would you show Mm -hmm. me where life, you promise that there's life in relationship, especially people who are pointing us to you. So would you show me where that could be found? Um, I love what CS Lewis says about, you know, finding that person who is looking at something and you come alongside them and you're admiring it too. And you go, look, you too. So finding, finding some commonality with someone and then just engaging, Mm -hmm. making the ask. I love what Emily P. Freeman on her podcast, The Next Right Thing, talks about asking the second question, Mm -hmm. you know, not just saying, hey, how are you? Or, you know, where are you from? Or, you know, if I'm asking you, how did you meet your spouse? You know, you say, you tell the story and I go, okay. And, you know, where did that happen? And how did you feel? And Mm -hmm. just letting another person feel valued. Mm -hmm. i met someone that's, earlier this spring at like a play date kind of thing. And I I had never met her before. And I was talking to her and I was trying to ask intentional question after intentional question. And she was not asking me any of the questions back, right? Mm -hmm. Like I kept saying like, Oh, what do you do? What does your spouse do? What do your kids do? Where are you from? where did you go to college? I'm asking her all the questions and deep inside going, Lord, am I just annoying her? She's not asking what's going on. She's answering. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is a lost cause. She thinks I'm obnoxious. I'm done. We get ready to leave. And she asks for my number and says, could we do this again? It's amazing what intentional questions can do or not do. And so I think it was just a reminder to me, like, we are starved for someone to listen to us. Mm. We are starved for someone to ask us questions. So for those of us that are longing for that from someone else, can we begin by being that for someone else?
0: I love that. When I was a kid and we moved a couple of times and I would tell my mom that I would want friends because I was the shy girl. She would always say that, well, go be a friend to somebody. So it's that stepping out, that being brave, that being the first one to initiate is where, like you said, where all relationship happens. So I Definitely, just encourage people. Yeah, be the one to to step out. And so often we have good intentions, like, oh yeah, I'll get to it. But you know what? Don't don't put it off. Don't try to remember tomorrow. Just do it now, while while you're thinking about it, and and see what will come from it. And sometimes friendship is—it's interesting. We—it's kind of like dating sometimes. And you, you know, some one person's not the right fit, or that wasn't the person to be your prayer partner. But you'll never know unless you ask. So we have to take that step and be brave. Absolutely. Well, at the end of every podcast episode, I like to ask some fun questions. So the first question is what are you reading, watching, or listening to these days?
1: Well, um, my very exciting book that I'm reading currently is Expositional Preaching by David Helm. (laughs) That is on my reading list as well. (laughs) Uh, Andrea and I are in a course at Phoenix Seminary for... um, speaking and so it's actually a really good book but as I was writing down what I'm reading I was like well that's not very exciting (laughs) so I will say I'm reading Prince Caspian to my girls and they Mm. are loving it I haven't read it about 10-15 years so it's fun to read again
0: okay I haven't I haven't read read all of the Narnia books so
1: so good and then I would say listening that I'm sharing with everybody especially if you were a youth group kid in the 90s Shane and Shane have a new album called Vintage and it's Ooh. all the praise and worship songs that you know all the words to oh. from like 1997. It is delightful. and oh, it's so on fun. In my house. Yeah.
0: Oh, I will have to download that for sure. We were, we talked one of the times when we drove to our Phoenix seminary class back when we could drive about all of our yeah. 90s worship. Yes. <laughs> so I'll download that for sure. What is your best soul or self-care tip for moms?
1: I think I was writing down a really long list and I was like, well, I can't give a list of 10 things. <laughs> and so I think the first thing to know is just who you are and how you're mm-hmm. wired. I think that's a, a, maybe a, a bit of a lost art. To just go, what helps me be nourished most? Mm-hmm. And absolutely, it's me being in God's word. It's me spending time in his presence in prayer. But what I've learned, especially through quarantine, mm-hmm. is that I. Flourish most when I am spending time outside, even when it's 100 degrees outside. I get Mm -hmm. up and I go every morning by myself outside because I need quiet, I need solitude, and I need creation, Mm. and I need to move my body. Those are like three guarantees for me that I need every day. And then I know I need the nourishment of God's word and connection. And because connection is really hard right now, I have constant boxer and Marco Polo (laughs) worlds happening with my inner circle of people that I know pray for me and care about me. And so it's just going, those things, those things, if I can just prioritize those, I know that I am nourishing the soul that God gave me. So his word, his presence, his creation, the community he's given me, and then getting outside.
0: I love that. And I love how you said, you know, learning how you're wired because we're all wired a little bit differently. and we talked earlier about just, you know, comparison and all these things that we see other people doing, you know, we need to do that. But if that's not fulfilling to us, if that doesn't fill our spirit or encourage us, then we don't have, we don't have to yeah. do it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Andrea has this lovely tea routine and it always sounds so British and delightful <laughs> and posh. And I just don't ever enjoy tea that much. So when I do it, I'm like, oh, look, I'm being like Andrea, but it doesn't nourish me in the way that it nurses Andrea. So it's not really not worth my time. Yeah. And it's fun to
0: have a variety of people in your life that do things differently because you learn and glean from one another, but then also you can just celebrate. Like you just said, like, Oh, you enjoy that. And I enjoy that you enjoy that, but it doesn't necessarily. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a girlfriend who says that one of her soul care things is to have an empty sink when she goes to bed. Yeah. So that she's not angry in the morning.
0: Yes. I've talked to so many moms at different moms groups and things that that's a big deal to them. And to me, I'm okay with leaving some dishes, but for a lot of people, it's not. So like you said, you gotta do knowing yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What is God teaching you in this season?
1: I wrote down looking at that question. I wrote down dependence, repentance, patience by fire. Mm-hmm. that's what it feels like <laughs> dependence repentance and patience it's all mm-hmm. a release of control mm-hmm. because I'm someone who is very orderly and scheduled mm-hmm. I like to calendar things out and I like to set my hopes on the things that are coming in my calendar they're little breaks they're little mm-hmm. little happies right yes and there's nothing on my calendar mm-hmm. it's empty and uh, our days have While they do have some portions that are school and chores for the most part, they're big, wide, empty things where my kids could just say, "Will you play with us for the next five hours <laughs> and <They're> mermaids <laughs> yes, please, imaginary mermaids, and every time you're <laughs> Ursula, um, so I think I'm really learning what it looks like to walk out what James mm-hmm. presents us in his letter that um you know, you don't know what your life holds. Mm -hmm. You don't know what tomorrow has. So let your yes be yes. And don't say tomorrow we'll go here and here. You say tomorrow we'll go if the Lord wills it. And as we've all had to release things in my daily journaling, I write down God's provision, the things I'm thankful for, the things that are having to shift in my world from what they were to what they now are. And then what I'm grieving, Mm -hmm. what I'm having to Go, that is a loss, and that feels sad, even though it isn't my. I feel like, in no way, comparable to a lot of the loss that is Mm -hmm. happening in the world right now. uh, I still can go, This is making me feel sad, Mm -hmm. and this causes me to depend on you even more, Lord, to Mm -hmm. recognize that I have to place my hope and my joy in what's eternal and who is hope. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, not a hope. We have He as our hope, as an anchor for our soul. So, I put that my hope is in him rather than in my calendar or the things we will go or as an Enneagram three, the things I will accomplish. <laughs> to what did I accomplish? Mermaids. <laughs> all day, all the mermaids. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so good. And I'm like you, I like my planner and all the things to look forward to. And it has just been that season of relenting the control. And it's never been at at this level like to this right. extreme and and it is important i think to grieve those losses but i also think like you said it's we're learning to live day by day versus trying to depend on our own plans and our own accomplishments and the things that we want to happen but it is just such a good reminder right now that it's what the lord is willing right now it's not what we are willing and and we can either fight him all the way and that's an exhausting way to live because I've done that in, at certain points in my life and so I, again if we remember and look back we can see how God brought us through and God will bring us through through this season as well and he's teaching us all the while and it's important for us to look and see and stop to ask what he's teaching us and then also to to write those things down or to document them in some way to remember because when we don't you
1: think no sorry go ahead yeah i know go ahead i was just gonna say don't you think it'll be interesting you know 10 years down the road or 15 years down the road when our kids are at a different place to ask questions or our grandkids one day Mm-hmm. To say, you know, what was this like? And for us to not only be able to talk through the junk, right. but also to say, but God did all of these things too. And honestly, I am so, so thankful for this time, this odd little slice of life that we have mm-hmm. had where we are together all the time for better and sometimes for much worse, but yeah. just to go God, would you help me to remember all of these things that I'm writing down as gratitude, Mm -hmm. these tiny little things like my kids sometimes playing for two hours with nobody coming out because they're just, they're having this time and they wouldn't if I had a second grader at school. Right.
0: That's so important. actually I was having a conversation with my son today because he was really sad about something like not having an extended time with someone. Like we got to visit with a family member and he was just really sad that it wasn't more time. And, and so I just tried to encourage him and say, let's not focus on what we don't have that, that we didn't get, but let's focus on the time that we did have. And so just learning to reframe those things for our kids, but then also for us, like what blessings or what beauty is there in today, in this day, even if we had mom, you know, mess up mom time out, if we were frustrated, whatever, there still are those moments of beauty. And like you said, just realizing that there are blessings still during this time and remembering those is really important. Lastly, friend, where can people connect with you if they would like to do that?
1: Well, thank you. I have a website, simonello.com. And prior to having two children, I was a regular blogger. Cannot (laughs) confess to being that currently. Um, I also am at Gendersim on both Facebook and Instagram, although my Instagram is mainly my children. They're super cute. Oh, thanks.
0: And you are also the author of Forget the Corsage. So if people want to check out your book, where will they go for that?
1: You can find it online at Amazon and barnesandnoble.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you, friends, so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Would you do me a favor and help me get the word out about the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering? I'd be so appreciative if as you listen, you take a screenshot, post it to social media and tag me. You can also rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening so that other moms can find it. Looking forward to being with you next time.